0: And I'm Dina. Welcome to The Grimm Curriculum. Just before we get started, a quick reminder that we had a new extra credit episode out this week. So if you haven't checked that out already, you can go ahead and find that wherever you usually find us. And it was a good episode. I mean, they all are, but I really enjoyed this one. (laughs) We got to record in person, in studio,
1: and it was a lot of fun. It's honestly, it's a whole other vibe when we're actually like together, together, I feel like. And you can kind of see it in the episode. I thought it was fun um i'm tooting our own horn here toot toot! like go listen to it check it out you're gonna like it
0: yeah for some of you guys you know that we've been kind of looking for a little studio space for a little while now and this one that we just checked out had like really great potential so we think it's something that we're gonna go forward with in the future so kind of look forward to that hopefully we can get some new good content for you guys and all that good stuff Also, how is October almost over? Oh my god, it's crazy. We've got 10 (sighs) days left in the month. Well, I guess 11, including Halloween. And then we're going to be into November. And I'm going to be 33. Holy cow. Time is flying by. I don't like
1: it. Oh my goodness. And also, for those of you here in
0: Edmonton, uh, by the time that you hear this, we may have snow on the ground. Ugh, I know. I was really hoping, not to get off on too much of a tangent before we get started, but I was really hoping to keep some of this like really nice warm autumn weather we've been having. I've been really, really enjoying it. Um, But yeah, it's the wind is coming, there's a front coming in, and the cold is on its way, I think.
1: And that means that you, dear listeners, are going to get to listen to us complain about it for the next like
0: nine months. (laughs) yeah welcome to alberta babes <laughs> okay so let's get into it part two of the lovely lady herself
1: last week we introduced you all to the woman who would ultimately become known as
0: Belle gunness at this point she hasn't confessed to anything however there is no doubt that death and destruction certainly followed her everywhere she went It really did, in a way that always ended up being convenient for Belle. I would argue sometimes even profitable. Up
1: until now, all of her victims have been people who she was close to.
0: So in part two of this series, we are going to follow Belle Guinness as she lured multiple men to her home with the promise of a beautiful and wealthy life. Suspicion
1: followed every time yet another farmhand vanished from the Gunness home. But the truth about her crimes would go unknown for years. Despite the fact that she came so close to being caught multiple times. This is where this story really takes
0: a turn for the worse. She truly is an evil woman. We last left off with Belle meeting the man who would become her second husband, Peter Gunness. Let's talk about Peter for a second. So he, like Belle, had immigrated from Norway.
1: They'd actually met in the past when he boarded with her, but his wife had recently passed away and she had left him to care for their seven month old daughter.
0: By all accounts, he was a hardworking man, and he was also considered to be very handsome. And I did look up a picture of him. I would say he's quite handsome. Um, Not to be super mean, but our girl Belle was punching up, I think. <laughs> I think so, too. And honestly, like, you have to think about this
1: as back-in-the-day standards. He seems I- like he had, his nose
0: wasn't, like gone i don't know like totally i mean he has a very uh fine mustache i believe yeah. in the pictures that i saw um but maybe these guys looked at bell and thought like oh you know she has some kids already she's gonna be a great mother to any of our children we might have together you know and boy howdy were they wrong <laughs>
1: Right, this is going to go very poorly for Peter, unfortunately. All of that talk about Peter's looks brings us to yet another unfortunate
0: description of our girl Belle. Fat, heavy-featured woman with a big head covered with a mop of mud-colored hair, small eyes, huge hands and arms, (laughs) and a gross body supported by feet grotesquely small. (laughs) How scathing! I said it last time, but... My god, they were mean to this woman. I know she was awful, but they sure attacked her for her features. They seriously found something about her from head to toe that they hated. Oh, man. Okay, so that being said, what did Belle have to offer Peter? The house that she got with the money she made from killing her first husband. That's right. The home sat on an impressive 48 acres of very profitable farmland. Five days after the wedding, yet another tragedy struck. Peter's daughter passed away, and the cause of death was ruled an edema of the lungs. She was buried with Caroline and Axel.
1: Once again, I feel like we have to acknowledge the infant mortality rate here. But to me, it just seems like every time someone dies
0: around her, it benefits her. Like, that shouldn't be the way that it works. Even if she wasn't actively murdering these children, which I'm quite sure that she was, I don't think she would go out of her way to help them if an emergency was happening. Do you know what I mean? Like, she would take advantage of that situation.
1: Oh, absolutely. And this is just another mouth for her to feed in her eyes, probably. Like, she's all about the money, right? Mm -hmm. So this is a kid that isn't hers. She doesn't have a bond to her. So the fact that she died only five days after the wedding seems, again, just a little too
0: convenient. Yeah, no kidding. Peter was a huge help on the farm. He had worked on a hog farm before and was experienced and capable. He was also a butcher. Belle took a huge interest in this, and they would spend time
1: together butchering hogs. She would learn a lot from him.
0: Catherine Knight much? Right, I thought that too. She's almost, I would say Catherine Knight is Belle Gunnis reincarnated almost. Oh my good, I could see it. <laughs> that they, they, they must be the same soul in there or
1: something like that. There's like, something. Really. For a little while, it didn't appear like anything overly eventful happened. They worked hard and tended to the farm together while Belle raised the kids.
0: But once again, it wouldn't take long until tragedy would strike.
1: Eight months after the death of his daughter, Peter Gunnis was also found dead.
0: Belle's daughter Jenny, who was 14 at the time, ran to the neighbor's house one day in a very frantic state. She had a stove poker in her hand and was exclaiming that her mom needed them to come to the house right away because Papa's burned himself. They ran to the house to find Peter laying face down on the floor covered in blood and very much dead. Which, um, first question, if he had burned himself, like Jenny had said, why was he dead on the ground and covered in blood? That was very much a question for Belle
1: who was nearby. She was sitting in the kitchen with her face in her hands and was loudly sobbing to the point where she couldn't speak. They attempted to ask her what happened. She just cried louder and louder and they weren't able to get any answers from her at all. Like she is like ugly crying to the extreme,
0: but like to the point where it's like a bit much. Sobbing like hysterically kind of. and Yeah. yeah. Once the shock wore off, they noticed that Peter looked a little too dead. They were clearly under the assumption that this had happened quite recently, but his body was already very rigid, as if he had been dead for quite some time already.
1: From what they could see, they guessed that Peter went into the kitchen to get his shoes, which he normally kept warm near the stove. As he bent down to get them, a meat grinder that was sitting on a shelf somehow fell
0: down and hit him on the head. People who knew Peter had a hard time believing that the usually very capable and careful man would meet his end in such a clumsy way. When the coroner investigated Peter's body, it was confirmed that he had been murdered. Jenny had even apparently also gone to a classmate shortly after he died and told her, My mama killed my papa. She hit him with a meat cleaver and he died. Don't tell a soul. She was brought before a judge to testify about what she had seen her mother do, and for a moment, it looked like Belle might actually get caught. But when the time to make a statement came, she denied ever
1: saying such a thing. Personally, I think Jetty definitely did see something that day. She probably said something because she's a teenager, and teenagers are going to talk about... Seeing something very significant happen. But I I wouldn't be shocked if she had been persuaded by Belle not to say anything, whether that was like a threat or her just being like gaslighting her into oblivion.
0: I would say probably a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B, to be honest. Oh, definitely. (laughs) The full story that they got from her was that the meat grinder had fallen and hit him on the head, but he didn't die instantly. Instead, he told her that he was going to go lay down and sleep the injury off. When she went to check on him hours later, she was shocked to find him dead on the floor. The coroner, a man named Dr. Bo Bowell, didn't buy any of this. After he performed the autopsy and saw the full extent of Peter's injuries, he demanded a full investigation.
1: On December eighteenth, nineteen 1902, an inquest was held at the Gunnis Home. Belle was interrogated by Dr. Bo When she was asked to tell them everything she remembered about that night, she told them that it had been a fairly normal evening.
0: They had just finished putting the kids to bed, so Belle went into the kitchen to stuff some sausages while Peter was reading the newspaper.
1: When she was done, she washed the meat grinder and put it away while Peter remained in the living room reading his paper. When she finished, she grabbed her own newspaper and went to read next to him. I wonder if him sitting there reading the paper while she was in the kitchen making sausages and washing a meat grinder had anything to do with this. Was she mad? Like, I I know she was evil and she's terrible, but I wonder if this was the tipping point for her where she's like, you are sitting there while I wash this meat grinder for you.
0: I can imagine that it could have been the trigger, but I think a big part of me just honestly thinks she's addicted to this cycle of killing people and receiving money, basically. It's kind of like a slot machine for her oh absolutely it really is I feel like also and you'll see as we we start to talk about the husbands that come after is that the time between deaths comes a lot faster each time it really does and we have now
1: a quote from Belle Gunnis regarding what happened next and uh Charlotte I wish you
0: luck because oh my goodness I'm going to I'm going to try and stick as close as I can to it because this is her words verbatim. I said to him, I guess it's pretty near time to go to bed. He thought so, too. And he picked up his pipe and went out into the kitchen. He always used to lock the door before we went upstairs to sleep. And I heard him make some little noise out there and he always puts his shoes back of the stove to warm and I guess he must have been back to get a hold of a pair of shoes and all at once I heard a terrible noise out there and I dropped my paper and I went and when I came out there he was raising up from the floor putting both hands on his head. I had a big bowl with some brine on the back of the stove and I was gonna put it on some head cheese I left there and the bowl was full and hot and I thought I couldn't use it until tomorrow morning and I thought well I might as well just leave it there till morning <laughs> man she kind of goes off on a tangent about head cheese there huh
1: right it really just like turns a road at a point there and she read that exactly as bell had spoken it <laughs> <laughs> she sounds like when a kid is lying so they just continued to and then and then and then we went from her husband being
0: hurt to talking about the best time to use her head cheese You know what it kind of reminds me of, and I don't want to make this political at all, but if you've listened to some of Donald Trump's speeches recently, where he gets like asked a question, and he kind of starts where he talks about it, and then just completely does a 180 and talks about something completely different, and then the crowd goes wild, like he's (laughs) said some really like, wow, kind of thing. And it's like, but he didn't say anything. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, man. The two spent some time in the kitchen while Belle treated Peter for his injuries, and at some point, the pot of boiling brine that she mentioned had somehow spilled all over the back of his neck. After a little while, she suggested that he go
1: lay down. She got him set up in the parlor while she went to sleep upstairs with the girls.
0: We're going to bless you all with another Belle quote about this entire situation.
1: All at once, I heard him calling. He was over by the door calling mama as fast as he could and so that the children waked up and I was trying to think and said they should keep quiet that I had to go to Papa that Papa was burned. I tried to put on my clothes because it was cold. I went down the steps and when I came down he was walking around the room
0: and saying oh mama mama my head I don't know what's the matter with my head. Sweetie, I'll tell you what's the matter with your head. You had a meat grinder fall on it, fall on it, maybe, maybe (laughs) it was thrown at you. And then boiling brine got spilled all over the back of your head. Like, that's what's wrong with you. He's probably delirious at this point. Oh, man, absolutely. If he probably has, at the very least, a fractured skull, a concussion, he's probably got horrific burns and blisters. This poor man. See, and that's the thing. Like, this story is outlandish and it's wild. And
1: at some points, like, it's almost laughable, the things that happen. But she is a very
0: terrible woman. Yes, and it just it shows how easy it gets for her as well. After she investigated his head, she told him that she would take him to see the doctor. She went upstairs to get the girls ready, and when she checked on him again, he simply said, Oh, mama, I guess I am gonna
1: die. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I came across these quotes in the book, I
0: read them in an Elvis Presley voice. I can see that, yeah? Like, oh, mama, yeah, totally. <laughs> And the thing is, do I think he actually said any of this? No, I think he was dead from the get-go, and she is making this up as she goes along.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's all very dramatic. Like, this doesn't sound like how someone would speak as they're dying.
0: Well, and speaking of dramatic, according to Belle... Peter lived for a few hours after he declared he was going to die, and when Belle was asked about how exactly the meat grinder fell onto his head, she told him that she had no clue. She just heard a loud noise, but she did not see how it happened.
1: Jenny also testified. However, she claimed that she knew absolutely nothing about how he died. Dr. Boll would later say that it appeared that she was
0: coached. They even went as far as to question Jenny about the death of Belle's first husband. To most of their questions, she simply replied, I don't know. When
1: she was asked how her mother had been able to afford such a large home for them to live in, she once again
0: said, I don't know. However, when she was asked how he had died, she recited an entire story with no emotion.
1: In my opinion, she was 100% coached by Belle. I think she was probably terrified of her and she had every right to
0: be. She might be starting to put the puzzle pieces together and it's like, oh, I've had some siblings die. And Mum's past two husband have kicked the bucket kind of suspiciously. I would like to not be on that list. And the thing with Jenny
1: is her birth mother has passed away. She, I, I, don't, I don't even know what happened to her dad. Like her dad couldn't get her back. So No, he she, lost in court, right? Yeah, so. she has nowhere else to go.
0: The entire thing came down to the testimony of the neighbor who had first arrived on the scene. At the beginning of the trial, he admitted that he didn't really know his neighbors at all.
1: At the end of the trial, he talked about how close the two were and that he truly thought the whole thing was an accident.
0: And because of that, she got away with murder.
1: Again. This kind of blew my mind because essentially what happened is this whole inquest it looked like she was going to be guilty everything was pointing at her everything said yes she killed him the stories didn't match up and then this neighbor who was the first one on the scene he was the one that jenny went to at the beginning he's like this whole thing is crazy like i don't really know these people and at the end he's like I just can't imagine her killing him. They were so close. They were like a teen couple that was in love. Like there was, they were a true romance. And I don't know where that disconnect was, where he went from one to the other, but she got away
0: with murder because of that. She had to have done something or said something to him, right? Like she, she got to him. She had to have.
1: That's what I wonder, because it doesn't make sense. The thing about it is he went from saying that, again, like, I don't know these people. It looked like he she killed him to
0: I don't think it looked like she killed him at all. I want that's such a strange thing. And for that, you would almost think there would be some kind of mistrial. Right. You really would. But uh, this was back in the day. And uh, this is Belle and she just gets away with shit. Yeah, she's very charismatic. Uh, You have to give her that. This was, of course, reported about in the papers all around the country. It seemed the majority of people reading them found Belle very, very guilty. What made it worse was that on the day of Peter's funeral, Belle was
1: seen with her face buried in her hands, sobbing loudly. Which, you know, you would think is a perfectly normal reaction, right? It would be, except for the fact that she would peek through her fingers every now and again as if to see if anyone was
0: paying attention to her. Oh my god, like a toddler. Exactly. Her behavior is very childlike. A few months after the death of Peter, Belle somehow ended up with a baby boy named Philip.
1: And we genuinely mean that. Like, one day she just suddenly happened to have this baby. She claimed that she just gave birth to him, however, the baby was clearly not a newborn.
0: She was also out in the fields doing very physical work at 43 years old, days after allegedly giving birth. Once again, the majority of people didn't buy her story. The main theory about the baby was that she adopted him like she had
1: her other children.
0: Have you heard? The Grimm Curriculum is doing our very first live show. That's right. Join us for an evening dedicated to all things Grim. We will be performing at Felice Café in Edmonton, Alberta on December 9th. Tickets are available on Eventbrite.
1: The theme is Film Noir and we encourage you
0: to come dressed in your 1930s to 1940s best. And if all that isn't enough to tempt you, it's for charity, folks. We are donating 100% of ticket sales to Zoe's Animal Rescue. Get your tickets now! Life continued on for Belle after the death of Peter.
1: This honestly seems like a very happy time for her to me.
0: She would show up at farm auctions dressed like a man, and those around her were shocked to see her trudge around the mud wearing her dead husband's shoes.
1: But that shock was probably nothing compared to watching her buy a full-grown hog and swing it over her shoulders as if it weighed
0: nothing and just walk off. She was a tough-ass lady. I wonder if that was her way of, like, either, one, flexing on them and being like, hey, I'm a woman, I can do this better than you can. Or two, if it was her way of trying to, like, impress the men so she could, like, seduce herself, another husband. I, You know, I think it's a little bit of both, but really... (laughs) Like that was a part of her charm. She was
1: like this big lady who was like, I'll take care of you and you'll take care of me and this will be great. So I could see her trying to impress someone by doing that because I feel like she would be
0: impressed by a man doing that. Yeah, I think you're onto something there. But by 1904, the work finally became too much for Belle to handle alone. She missed having a man around and all she needed was to find the right one.
1: She placed a wanted ad in an American-Norwegian newspaper for a farmhand. Shortly after that, Olaf Linbo arrived at her home.
0: Olaf had packed up everything he owned, including his life savings, and was eager to start his new job.
1: Very soon after that, rumors began to fly about Belle and her new farmhand. It appeared by all accounts that the two were suddenly not only in love, but engaged.
0: When Olaf was asked about it, he didn't say yes, but he certainly didn't say no. To him,
1: life with Belle seemed like a dream come true. The farmland was beautiful and truly something to be proud of. He would be guaranteed a very comfortable life.
0: And believe it or not, Belle was a very loving partner to him. She let him essentially take over the farm while she cooked and cleaned for him. Olaf was so happy that he wrote to his family in Norway, telling them all about this wonderful new job. He also told them that he would likely be getting married in the near future. And then one day, Olaf just disappeared. Belle had asked some neighbors for help on the farm because Olaf just randomly left during the middle of the day to, quote-unquote, go to the World Fair. She told a friend of Olaf's that he
1: had gone back to Norway because a new king was being crowned.
0: Olaf's father was very concerned about his son's disappearance. When he wrote to Belle and asked her where he was, she wrote back telling him that he went west and took up a homestead someplace. The truth about Olaf Linbo would not be revealed for another four years.
1: In April of 1905, Henry Gertholt arrived in town. He was eager to begin his job as a farmhand.
0: And you can already see where this is going.
1: He showed up at the Gunnis home and Belle immediately turned on the charm. She carried his trunk upstairs to the room she had made up for him and Henry was taken aback by how nice his accommodations were.
0: He wrote to his mother telling her all about the beautiful home he was staying in and how nice his new boss was. Witnesses would report seeing him and Belle together on a very regular basis. It certainly appeared to them that another relationship was beginning to blossom.
1: A few weeks later, Belle showed up at a neighbor's house once again asking for help on the farm. She explained that Henry had suddenly fallen ill and he had gone back to Chicago.
0: Later that winter, Belle would be seen wearing his only fur coat. She claimed she had no clue where he was or what happened to him.
1: And this was a big deal because he had allegedly gone to Chicago, which was very, very cold, without his only coat.
0: Yeah, and in those days, a fur coat would have been something that probably stayed with you throughout most of your adult life.
1: Not long after that, Bell took out the following ad in newspapers throughout the Midwest.
0: Wanted, a woman who owns a beautifully located and valuable farm in first-class condition, wants a good and reliable man as partner in same. Some little cash is required and will be furnished first-class security. Along with the following personal ad. Comely widow, who owns a large farm in one of the finest districts in Laporte County, Indiana, desires to make the acquaintance of a gentleman equally well provided with view of joining fortunes. No replies by letter considered unless sender is willing to follow answer with personal visit. Triflers need not apply. I love that one. I do too. Triflers need not apply. I feel like that needs to be a sticker. Oh. <laughs> Yes, please.
1: <laughs> oh, man. The crazy thing about all these ads is we don't know exactly how many responses she got altogether, but it was confirmed that at some point she was getting up to 10 letters a day from around the country.
0: Norwegian-born George Berry left Illinois for a brand new life with Belle. He told those closest to him that he was moving to La Porte for a job and that he would likely marry soon. Along with his belongings, he took $1,400 in cash. Christian Hilkvin
1: followed shortly after. He sold his home for $2,000 and forwarded his mail to Laporte.
0: This next guy, I think some of you may be able to relate to just a little bit. Have you ever wanted to just <laughs> dramatically quit your job because a dream opportunity came up? Because that's exactly what Emil Tell from Kansas thought was happening for him. He quit his job
1: at a furniture factory after loudly announcing that he was moving away to marry
0: a rich widow. He was followed by John Moe from Minnesota. He withdrew all of the money in his bank account after he told the teller he was planning on spending it in Laporte. The list of men really does go on and on. Visitors to Belle's home would note that she had a room filled with nothing but luggage and trunks. And in another room of her house, it was just full of men's clothing. In
1: 1906, Belle hired a man named William Brigiski to dig a series of large holes on her property. She was very specific about the dimensions. Six feet long, three feet wide, and four feet deep. And Belle told him that the holes would be used for rubbish
0: oh buddy Mm. if you don't look at your dimensions here and think huh that looks mighty familiar it's kind of like a hole you'd put a body
1: in that's the thing like she i said this last week she is so
0: sus it is ridiculous I think she just has this audacity where she's manifesting this life for herself and she's getting it even though it's very evil. <laughs> right? You're, it's so true. Like she is like unstoppable to a point. <laughs> yeah, she, she believed so it happened, I think. That fall, Belle told everyone that Jenny had been sent off to college. This
1: came as a shock to Belle's latest farmhand, a young man named Emil Greening. Emil and Jenny had gotten very close and he was devastated that she left without telling him.
0: And this was completely without warning. They hadn't talked about this prior. One day she was just gone and Belle was like, oh yeah, she uh, left for college.
1: Apparently Jenny had told a friend of hers that her mom was sending her away but she didn't seem happy that she was leaving. That friend wrote to her over the course of six months and never received a response.
0: Without Jenny on the farm, Emile had nothing to keep him there. He quit and moved away. By doing that, he probably saved his life. Once again, this left Belle without any help on the farm.
1: She would find that help one month later when Ray Lamphere, the man who would ultimately be her downfall, arrived at the Gunnis home ready to start his new job as a farmhand.
0: And that's where we will pick it up next week. Oh, Belle. (laughs) I honestly will say I was expecting this to wrap up this week, so I'm also excited for next week. (laughs) Honestly,
1: we are not even... I don't know how many parts this is going to be. We are not even close to the end of her story like she is going to continue on and on and on they don't know even today how many victims she had but some people believe that it's up there
0: in the 40s I would believe it because they were just coming in so darn fast and she didn't seem too worried about going very far out of her way to hide the fact like she was so out in the open about it She got away with lying so many times that I think eventually she was just
1: like, you know what, I'm getting away with this. I guess I can just keep doing it. She was living
0: the fantasy for sure. But that is going to end for her eventually. Okay, well, I'm excited to see how this ends. So, uh, yeah, I guess tune in next week, guys, and we'll all learn together. (laughs) (laughs) This, honestly, I've
1: said it so many times now, one of my favorite stories, and I hope as we get further into it, you guys see why, because she is one of those people where you don't get too many people in history like her, except apparently Catherine Knight.
0: I would argue that Miss Belle Gunnis here is worse than Catherine Knight in the sense of victim count for sure. Perhaps uh, Belle didn't go quite as far as Catherine Knight did in the sense of uh, mutilation, shall we say, but very similar kind of vibes.
1: Definitely. Belle was killing for convenience and I feel like she almost, she was willing to get her hands dirty, but only as dirty as necessary.
0: Yes, uh, she didn't necessarily uh, seem to kill people that wouldn't gain her anything in that sense. We are, of course, coming to the end of our episode, which means it is time to thank our glorious, fandabulous patrons over on Patreon. Thank you so much to all of our
1: Grim VIPs and up. That means you, Triforce, Mayhem Mudkip, Judy, Hillary, Brian, Atlantean Jedi, Lisa, and Bob. You are amazing. Thank
0: you, thank you, thank you. Thank you so much, guys. You guys are the bees knees. Thank you all so much for listening. This has been The, the Grim Curriculum. Curriculum. Dina, do you know why it's not a very good idea to microwave ants? No, but I really want to. They're actually so small that they can dodge the microwaves. Therefore, it's hard to microwave ants. Oh, that's not where (laughs) I thought that would go at all. Right? They're just dancing around the crazy light show in there. (laughs) Bye. Bye.